Jeep Talk Show, the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. Toledo Jeep Fest is coming up the weekend of August 12th. That's this coming weekend. It's only days away from when we record this episode. This is just one of those Jeep-only events that gets bigger and better every year. So plan your trip now. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. We introduce regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show every month and sometimes every week. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. The Jeep Talk Show is the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Now keep listening for weekly Quack. updates about Mr. Vanderquack. You guys are Quack. a little slow. And his mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to MrVanderquack.com. That's MRVanderquack.com. You know, when we were first doing the quacks, Quack. it was a lot more robust. Now it's just kind of like, <laughs> eh, quack. <laughs> it's kind of a roll your eyes, sarcastic yeah. quack. It's like paid. <laughs> That's all I'm doing for is the money. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast Next Entire USA We got you Find out more about Next Entire Excuse me Find out more about the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator The Next Entire Rodian MTX At NextEntireUSA.com Chuck, they only make thirty sevens. They don't. They don't have forties. So you know, you'll have to wait. Junk, <laughs> junk. <laughs> How are you supposed to go to the mall if you ain't got forties? <laughs> well, not with respect, no. anyway. <laughs> are you ready? It's the G Dog Show with Wimby. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, welcome back. The uh, the Jeep, uh, what, are they, what are they called? The, are there, uh, the Knights of the Round Table now, they're calling themselves? Used yeah, to be yeah. Zoom people. Uh, well, welcome back to several of the uh, the Zoom people from uh, their Colorado trip. And uh, you're going to have to go over to a Jeep Talk Show or the Discord server. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You see uh, there's an invite there for the Discord server where you can go and look at several of the pictures, actually many pictures that they took uh, while uh, they were in Colorado this uh, this last week. So uh, go over there and check it out. You know, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and get your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a dumb criminal story involving a thief and a Jeep. You won't believe the twists and turns this one takes. I've got the news. I've got news about some new awards just bestowed upon Jeep, and I'll be talking about a massive fine that Jeep's parent company just got over some questionable diesel emissions violations. Later in the show, I do something in Tech Talk that I've never done before oh. in this show in its 10-plus year history. Hmm. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and don't forget to check out my newbie nuggets on our Friday episodes. This next Friday coming up, I'm going to talk about recovery gear, when to use it, and how to use it. Hey, guys, this is Chuck, and I actually have a question for Tony. Hey, Tony, did anyone call in to see if they can win your Jeep or not? No? No, no, that was the little no. asterisk, the uh, Jeep oh. 98 or not included. Yeah. 
So uh, this is uh, actually more exciting than uh, those bogus calls. Uh, we actually have a, a new uh, a, a purchaser of a, a paid subscriber and no longer a rat bastard. Keith B uh, signed up while we were recording while we were recording this uh, this episode. So thank wow. you very much, Keith. Right on. Thank he's you. Actually, Congratulations. Yeah, he's actually asking for some infectious. Uh, uh, Infectious oh, agent, rat master, toe tags as the both yeah. paid subscriber and an infectious agent. I like love it. That. Welcome to the team. We love awesome. it. I'm Tony. This is my voice, and now you'll know it's me talking. See how it's sunshine. and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. So FCA, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, part of the Stellantis Group, was sentenced Monday to pay a $300 million wow. criminal penalty. This isn't VW fines, but that's still a good one. Yeah. Wow. It's all over diesel engines that polluted more than they were allowed by regulations. The federal court's decision is a result of a Justice Department's investigation and includes a fine of $96.1 million and a forfeiture of $203.6 million. Don't ask me what the difference is. Other than semantics, I can't figure it out. Now, the penalties also included three years organizational probation, and three employees are awaiting trial over technologies that allegedly aim to defraud the U.S. and violate the Clean Air Act. Boy, I bet those three people are really wishing they would have quit earlier. Oh, man. At the center of the controversy are the 2014, 2015, and 2016 Jeep Grand Cherokees and Ram 1500 pickups with the 3-liter turbo diesel V6, nicknamed EcoDiesel, and supplied by Italy's Via Motori. The penalty is a result of a case that goes back to 2017 and the Trump administration when the U.S. Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against FCA alleging that the alleging that defeat, defeat devices, rather, uh, or software allowed these vehicles to emit lower emissions levels during official test cycles than they did in real-world use, specifically nitrogen oxide, or NOx, levels. Now, if this sounds familiar, well, it's because it is. The scandal closely mirrors, albeit on a much smaller scale, a Volkswagen's Dieselgate scandal that broke in 2015. That led to closer scrutiny over other diesel models and the realization that VW perhaps wasn't the only automaker aiming to circumvent the ridiculous rules handed down by the politically driven EPA. The government did note that FCA had previously paid a $311 million civil penalty and a $183 million million in compensation to 63,000 FCA vehicle owners. But it's uncertain whether or not this most recent fine is in addition to that or takes that into account. Either way, those fines were the result of a class action lawsuit and consent decree with authorities under which FCA agreed to update these vehicles' emission software, provide an extended warranty, and compensate owners up to $3,075 per vehicle. FCA had cooperated with the EPA and CARB, leading to a 2019 recall of the trucks in which modified emission software was deployed. $300 million is no chump change, and this will undoubtedly hurt the numbers in the next shareholders' meeting, but in the grand scheme of things, an automaker the size of FCA, now Stellantis, is well-positioned to weather something like this. Now, this does certainly beg the question, however, will this be the end of issues like this now that the federal courts have clipped the wings of the APA after years of them exerting power that they were never granted? Yep. Speculators are all saying that there is about to be a massive glut of challenges claiming government agencies were and have been and are overstepping their mission to tackle climate change. We are entering a new era and a new uncertain era, at least, of the automotive world, and only time will tell how all this is going to play out. 
But you keep listening here. I'll make sure you stay well informed. Rolling so Toe, 24-7. So I have a quick question on that. If yeah. FCA was to blame when they owned it, are they still responsible and Stellantis is not? Or does Stellantis have to I think, take that in? I think when in? you buy it, you, you get what you got. You know? Yeah, you, you take on the, the risks and, and the... Um, be careful what you buy is what i'm saying i guess yep. but i don't know hmm. so tony you remember and i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, play this very very carefully here so um pardon me if i'm being a little vague on purpose oh, I'll, I'll still make something nasty out of it but no matter how careful you are uh <laughs> So you remember a number of years back, I was uh, sort of working with uh, an individual who was working on a um, on a certain this. product for yeah. for Jeeps, and uh, uh, this was at a time when I was working uh, with an individual who was also working with another well named uh, off road company uh, as a as a rep out here in this area, and um, the two of us uh, sort of agreed that uh, we were going to um, uh, we had been in, in regular talks with this gentleman. And uh, we were going to basically buy the company. Um, he was wanting to get out of it. He was he was a little bit elderly, and uh, and it really he had it taken him a lot longer to get to the to the point of where he was at than what he was expecting. And he didn't have that many years left, and so he wanted to enjoy uh, the last you know few years of his life or whatever instead of trying to you know keep getting this work, business. Bigger. Yeah, work through all this stuff. Having um, to do with the and business. And so right? we were in the eleventh hour um, when it uh, was. Uh, let slip or we found out uh that basically we were taking on not only his company his inventory all of the r&d but also all of his prior tax liability which <laughs> we came to find out that he hadn't Ooh. paid for a number of years and wow. and so this That's was and it, this was only found out after we had gotten an attorney involved and in, in looking over the information and making sure that you know hey this is going to be a good business move and and it turned out that he was trying to sneak in this this oh yeah by the way I owe Uncle Uncle Sam a whole bunch of money um, and you're going to now owe Uncle Sam a whole bunch of money and we're like yeah yeah the deal sounded really really good uh, it was and, one of those things where it was almost too good to be true it was and, and it was so, and that's why we <laughs> got the lawyer involved do, do and, you remember how how you actually got involved in that uh, that that whole thing oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> no and and uh, there's this this there's this is uh, a uh, uh, term that still is around today uh where here on the deep talk show you never go full rob that's right and, and so uh <laughs> so we had somebody working with us uh, this guy you know a contributor to the show and yeah. uh and he actually uh hit this guy up for a to do an interview with him a paid interview Right, and wasn't it like seven or eight hundred dollars? He was he wanted to charge the guy to drive oh, over there. It, it was, I mean, and it, granted, it was a good. I, I want to say a two-hour drive yeah, for me, yeah. two or three-hour drive for me. Uh, you know, uh, from where you know where I live in this area, and this is where he uh, was. Oh, you never did tell me how much did you charge him. <laughs> Not a damn thing. I, I think his wife made us some uh, made us some lunch. So I you're mean, saying you you never you never went full Rob? Good. I never went full Rob. You never go full Rob. But that's, that's still a rule I play by today. There's but. there's some background information, and you'd have to go way back in the episodes to, is, to catch any of this yeah, stuff. But we're uh, talking a good seven eight years ago that I think this happened. Yeah, he so. actually reached out to you because he was going. He was verifying this guy to see if he was really with. Uh, the, yeah, the, I think it was XJ Talk at the time. The XJ Talk. Show. And because uh, that was before Tammy uh, joined us, 
So uh, I, he wanted to check and make sure he was really part of the of the, the podcast. And man, that was back when we had a, a lot fewer listeners than we that we do now. Yeah, so certainly, but yeah, it was very interesting, and it it's it, exactly what came to mind when I was thinking about the liability is what happened to you. So sorry to go down that rabbit trail. I, I know is really only barely related to this story but uh but nonetheless there well let me let me help you this will make make this uh, look like a a lot more related than what i had do you remember uh this recently the mega millions jackpot winner oh where it was like a billion dollars or something 1.28 billion dollars and they took they took the cash up front option which means they paid 800 million in taxes it's not even a fine not technically Paying eight hundred million, and they didn't even do anything wrong with their emissions. I'm sure there was some emissions when they figured out there was going to be paying eight hundred million. Could you imagine at least having the fun of getting over on the F, uh, the FCA, not FCA, the <laughs> setting the FDA? Who's the damn people? The EPA, IRS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine getting the fun just getting over on the EPA and their stinking uh, emission standards? All that. Sorry, oh, that was yeah. a pun. So anyway, eight hundred million dollars. Just to, to get the four hundred. Don't get me wrong. Four hundred million would st- still be it. good to have. I would pay it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, really quick uh, before we get into this next story, I I, I just want to point out there's a picture of a jeep in the show notes, and I just want to ask Chuck what the word is in the upper left hand corner of that picture. <laughs> <laughs> there you it go. It says metal metal okay. i think that's french <laughs> is that music is it like heavy metal is that what it what it is, is yeah, it like heavy exactly. metal? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right there boys. exactly what it is so uh i to to give you the listener some uh some information here as far as why i'm picking on chuck there all of a sudden <laughs> but we have to. uh it's this is a picture yep. of a matchbox uh a uh, 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 wrangler jl specifically a 2018 white four-door uh, jeep wrangler jlu uh, up in the corner, it it says metal because you know the thing is is made out of metal. It's a toy. It's a matchbox car. Die cast. It's a toy. It's a metal toy. Right. Um, but this is what Chuck would affectionately refer to as a plastic Jeep. I just wanted to point out that this one's made out of metal. It says metal. Yeah. Now, why am I talking about a matchbox car? Why am I making such a big deal about this? Well, a man is facing felony charges after allegedly breaking into a Pennsylvania home and stealing a child's toy. And while on a cross-country trip with a friend, a 29-year-old man by the name of, of, okay. Rob? (laughs) Yeah. Orksan, I think is how it's pronounced. Orksan Husainov. Gee. Gosh. Gesundheit. Orksan Husaina decided to pull over in the New Stanton area of Pennsylvania for some reason. And for some reason, he decided to go for a walk. You know, because that's what you do on a cross-country road trip. Pull into a no-name town on your road trip to God knows where and just start walking into neighborhoods. Sure. Totally normal, right? Right. You gotta find the proper place to take a piss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is until that little stroll that that you took takes you to somebody else's home where you then break into it. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, neighbors, the, of course, noticed, you. <laughs> neighbors, of course, noticed and heard something strange coming from the home and called police. One neighbor even witnessed Husainov breaking into the home. Now, despite the man being in the home for several minutes before authorities arrived, the only thing found on his person at the time of arrest was a single matchbox toy Jeep. The same kind of matchbox toy Jeep that you can get in any box store for less than $5. 
Oh now, gosh. according to public records, Husainov was booked and released and is awaiting his preliminary arraignment on multiple felony charges. Here's where things get even more interesting. The report also indicated that the man is from the nation of Azerbaijan. Also, so how likely is it that he's going to be sticking around for a trial if he's yeah. clear from over there? Mm -hmm. Now, I think the more important question is, though, why was he, he released at all if he was arrested on quote-unquote multiple felony charges? And if all he did was a B&E, breaking and entering, that's only a class 2 or 3 felony in the state of PA. And the value of the toy wouldn't warrant a felony theft charge, so I'm wondering exactly what's missing from the reports. Because in all my research, and I trust me, I did a fair, uh, fair amount, all I can find is a single crime. And what's even more strange is that now... I can't find any record of his arrest in the archives that I was looking at earlier this week where a lot of this information came from. In a matter of days, this man's arrest record vanishes, completely disappears, leaving only the reporting of the incident from multiple agencies as a record that it happened at all. Very interesting. But what I want to know is, first off, how do you know the guy had the kid had a toy, a Matchbox Jeep? I, I don't odd? think that he did. I, I, he didn't go I don't, into the house for that. He just saw it and put it yeah. in his pocket. I, so, I, he broke so, into a random house. Uh, so that's, to, yeah. Yeah, okay. that, that's what I got out of this. And it was that, a random and house. A, and that's why there's missing information is what you're saying. Because it doesn't make sense. Well, it, again, because uh, I found the story. I, I took some notes. I did some research on it. Uh, you know, typed out most of this, uh, at, you know, as a, you know, sort of bullet points. And then I go back, uh, verify the story, fill in everything else. And, and as I'm going through this and trying to get some pictures, I'm looking for, you know, maybe his mugshot, things like that. All of a sudden I'm finding that where I was looking at this information just a couple few days ago is now gone. It's not oh, there. Oh, cover up. Maybe yeah, this guy works for the C yeah, maybe he works for the CIA and it's not about the matchbox or the breaking in, it's about there the There was family. a micro dot <laughs> on that yeah. Jeep and the government doesn't want to know no no about it. It was a plot uh about uh, the Chinese attacking Pelosi. Here we go. Uh oh, on the, her boy. on her trip to die Taiwan and it, he was he was <laughs> circumvented get from getting those plans to the proper people that uh, to do the job. <laughs> I'm going to go with your microfilm uh, idea. But I like micro that. Microdot. Microdot. It's like James Bond, the little microdot. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. So the New England Motor Press Association was founded in 1987 to coordinate professional media coverage of the auto industry in Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Vermont, whose 14.5 collective million citizens have a unique demographic and automotive preferences. Membership in NEMPA is by invitation and uh, only and open to car makers and their public relations and communication staffs, suppliers to the automotive, uh, automotive industry, and trade and consumer auto show producers, as well as to automotive journalists and photographers. NEMPA's media members appear on network and cable TV, on the internet and radio, and in regional and national newspapers and magazines. But despite my repeated attempts and the strongly worded, possibly desperate request letters I send out every week, they refuse to let me into their fancy little club. Nevertheless, each year, the New England Motor Press Association recognizes excellence by bestowing a number of awards upon cars and light trucks, automotive technologies and designs, and even individuals like executives, public relations people, and other automotive professionals. 
Winners are selected by the vote uh, of the regular members. After being chosen by Americans as the most patriotic brand just a couple few weeks ago, Jeep is now receiving another award, and this time from the NEM, uh, the NEMPA. And it's not just a single award for a single vehicle either, but with three. This year's winners of the NEMPA winter, winter Driving Awards are the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, Jeep Grand Cherokee L, and of course the Jeep Wrangler. The New England Winter Driving Awards were specifically designed to choose the cars and vehicles that best meet the qualities of an off-road SUV, able to cope with the harshest of winter conditions while maintaining the dynamic qualities that make for safe, enjoyable, and competent all-weather driving. So once again, congrats goes out to Jeep for winning even more awards. That's pretty amazing. I think they needed this one, too, after just a couple few weeks ago, uh, or maybe it was about a month or so ago, uh, we got word about that NH- NHTSA uh, test where the Jeep kept flipping over onto its side. Um, right. It's certainly bad news. Uh, we've got this thing about China going on. That's a little bit of bad press as well. Uh, Jeep needed a win, uh, yep. to be honest. And and this oh. just came out of left field and uh, and knocked it out of the park with three different vehicles in their lineup, all winning an award from a, a, a nationally recognized agency or or conglomeration if you will i really think that jeep needs to bring back the eagle oh that, yeah. was, that was a cool jeep eagle. that was an amazing winter car oh, i mean I'm if sorry, you I said live jeep, yeah. snowy area the amc eagle was the bitchinest thing that you could have they need there's to bring guy, that back there's a guy down award. the road from me who's got two of them uh, and one of them has a lift on it. He's yeah, got like that's, that's, 30s, that's, maybe 30s. They were so far it. ahead of the time on those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was an all-wheel drive sedan hatchback. Yeah. So, Chuck, yeah, what was hatchback. the what was the Golden Eagle? Was it just a was it a model? I mean, a, a package that, that, that you could get on uh, on the uh, CJ or something? Because when you said Eagle, that, I, I was, the, was I, the Golden Eagle. No, that was just a sticker. Okay. Yeah, you can get the Golden Eagle edition as just this big big stickery type thingy on the hood which is absolutely sexy and yeah i think it was well it was it just like, like the, re- just like the renegade it was just a trim package that the jeep was selling okay. and so you you could get the golden the Renegade Eagle trim package and it was uh, uh that was that was from 76 to 83 uh and it was uh now, available on the j10 so the, Ren- the cherokee and the but, cjs well actually the renegade started 1971 when the first Long Fender right, CJ it, it, came out. That, so was, that was just and a trim package, V8. too. No, that was a V8. A, right. So you the got Renegade the, was a you V8. Got the V8 that, that was part of the trim package. The, you, you got the bigger engine. You got the stickers. You got, I think, some chrome. Yeah. Um, there, there, there I was guess like, I think... I so I guess I think like the trim package, I think of like a Laredo. Laredo didn't really have anything special in it other than it had some stickers and it had air conditioning and stuff like that. And... and so when I think of the the um, the Renegade, uh, it is a it's a whole different genre of Jeep, you know, to me because it had the V8 and everything else had the the four point four point yeah, two. Yeah, you're, you're, I, you're I confusing trim pattern. with model is 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 the only thing there, and and, and yeah, Jeep is and and Jeep is with all their special editions and trims and everything like that i mean they've they've had so many over the years clear back to the to the 70s and before um with i mean here's a prime example with just the 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 renegade and the golden eagle just with the cjs um i mean there's two different completely different trim packages uh for the same vehicle essentially from different eras but for the same model of jeep 
And what was really cool back then is that you could specifically order something. Like my dad's Jeep, he's very, very proud of it because it is an original V8 non-renegade Jeep. My dad's Jeep is a fleet nice. vehicle, and the only upgrade is he got the biggest freaking motor that they put in it. <laughs> that was <laughs> <he's> like, <laughs> Yeah, most fleet vehicles would go for the smaller engine just for the sake of fuel costs. All right. Yeah, his is a black-on-black -black, non-renegade V8. 1974 which is just cooler than cool right but that was the fleet manager's car right there that was the the, the yeah. fleet manager yeah got that one for himself that's that's what that right. was but i i have always wanted to buy an amc eagle back to the eagle thing i mean i think that they're the coolest thing and i tried to buy one for they're josh ugly my as son, all I, hell but no, i agree with you 100 percent they're they, they have a cool factor cool. that cannot I mean, be beat but they're ugly yeah, as hell. i mean it just just think, man, you're 16, 17 years old, you get one of these things, you throw some <laughs> 30s underneath it, you know, and you go to your, you go to any football, you know, uh, uh, sporting thing for high school, you can tell I do sports, dude, you're going to get a girlfriend instantaneously, because they're going to look at that and go, oh yeah, you're cool. You have to be to be able to drive one of those. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, generally speaking, I'm not really, uh, not really uh, hot for four-wheel drive cars and that definitely uh, fits the car category but there oh, was yeah. something you got to get the there was something special line. yeah there was something special about that amc uh uh eagle that was that was a really cool vehicle especially if it was lifted but you know uh lift and tire uh, and bigger tires always makes a vehicle look better here here yeah they're sexy yep well, Jeeper, if you've got a response or in addition to any one of these uh, discussions or stories that you've heard here on the Jeep Talk Show, be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out and engage with us. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And we've got something for all flavors of off-roaders and wheelers and all you guys out there. We've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network website. The On the Trail podcast, the 4x4 podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, even the Jeep Talk Show is there. Head over to the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. You must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff, pick of the week for your Jeep. Yeah, I like form and function, and when I see a device that knocks it out of the park in both those categories and comes in at a price point under 20 bucks, I absolutely have to put it in the show. For this episode's pick of the week for your Jeep, I present to you all of you 2011 to 2018 Wrangler owners out there the Grab Handle Accessory Box. That useless space behind the passenger side dash-mounted grab handle is the perfect location to add a little bit of additional storage. With this handy one-piece design, the function of the grab handle is retained, but adds a utility pocket behind it to place, well, virtually anything you want into it. No messy glue or drilling is required for installation, not even any double-sided tape. The device simply snaps into place. This grab handle accessory box is made out of high quality ABS material with a stamped textured finish to give it that OEM look. And if you're not 100% satisfied with this unit, simply return it for a full refund within 30 days. No questions asked, 
money-back guarantee with a one-year warranty as well. Oh, and if you don't have to take my word for it, really, this ad item has been reviewed over 6,000 times on Amazon alone and has a 4.4 out of 5-star rating. Check it out for yourself. And at a price point of only $13, I think it might be a good idea to grab a few. That way you can hand, a hand out a couple at the, uh, the, uh, you know, at the next Jeep party. Look like a goddamn hero. <laughs> They they want you to remove all their stinking, sweaty, sticky pennies before you return it, though. Yeah, this goes I, in the oh shit handle, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the the front oh shit handle, not the up the side oh shit handle. So it's oh, the, you, dash, the dash the dash mounted handle. Oh, because I was going to ask, like, all right, then what do you grab onto as the passenger when you're wheeling? But the new Jeeps have a thingy on the wall, too, or uh, up the pillar? Everywhere. Yeah, they have two Yeah. Yeah. I like the picture that you have on here. I think that's a pack of Winstons, which is great. <laughs> Winston. I don't even know if they make those anymore. Moors. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Cools uh, or nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now that you must have this grab handle accessory box for your own Jeep, we're going to make it very easy for you. All you got to do is go to jeeptalkshow.com. Look for the link in the show notes for episode 655, and we'll get you all hooked up. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. So be like Keith B. He just recently purchased a Friends with Benefits subscription uh, for thirty nine ninety five. Josh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, nobody nobody ever picks the basic one. Now, even the basic one comes with stickers. So if you guys really would like to have Jeep Talk Show stickers and support the show, become a paid subscriber. You'll get uh, whatever goodie it is we're giving away plus uh, plus stickers. Of course, on the basic, all you get is stickers and uh, a warm fuzzy feeling. And uh, Keith also got a, uh, uh, I think it's a 20-pack of uh, Infectious Agent Rat Bastard toe tags. All now, he, has he had to do some really, really bad things on film for us in order to get those, <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, they're, they're being sent out. <laughs> and he had to send them randomly to uh, people from uh, TikTok. Uh, but uh, yeah, seriously, though, uh, that's, that, that's like eight bucks. That's like the cost it takes us to just to have those, uh, those sheets made up and uh, send them out to you. So. Oh. Keith, thank you. Talk so doesn't make any money. What no, you no, that's <laughs> we don't. But uh, if you don't know about the the rat bastard toe tags, you need to go over to rat bastard uh, lol uh, rat bastard dot lol and uh, check it out. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And that's uh, what you could call her. I, gosh, I can't remember his name, but he called in to correct me that. Thomas Jefferson did not say, give me a liberty or give me death. He said it was Patrick Henry. Well, I did some research, and yes, my drunken friend, you are correct. <laughs> it was Patrick Henry that said, give me a liberty or give me death. It was Thomas Jefferson who said, hey, shorty, back that thing on up over here. And he talked about the uh, Jeep Grand Wagoneer that got stuck under a parking deck. 
and uh, they can't remove it because it's holding the deck up. <laughs> uh, come on, that that is totally insane. Everybody knows the Grand Grand Wagoneer is not a load bearing vehicle. Uh, you need a CJ for that. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you guys, Chuck. You said WD forty, and it triggered me, and I had to come up with some uh, WD forty jokes. Oh dear! Number one, I had a can of WD forty. Yeah, but it rusted away. Yeah, that's irony. Jeez. That sucked. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that can only get better from here. My father said you could fix anything with a roll of duct tape, some WD-40, and a metal coat hanger. Yeah, I can't believe he lost his medical license. I know I said a bunch of WD-40 jokes, but I guess when I said a bunch, I only meant two. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Well, I'm sure there's parcels rolling around in his mind. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Those were pretty bad there, Nikki. Hmm. I still yeah, can't get job. over Panther Fist. <laughs> Save that what? again, Josh. I said I, I still can't get over Panther Piss. That, that was a, yeah. a, a term that uh, that Chuck had, had uh, bestowed oh, yeah. upon us after that, uh, that tech talk a couple few weeks back. And uh, I, I had to look that one up and, and found some old time. Uh, and it, it's, it's a real thing, of course. I'm not, not trying to accuse Chuck mm-hmm. of trying to pull one over on us or anything like that or, you know, trying to lie just to kick it. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but no, there's some, <laughs> I found some old uh, timey uh, uh, placards or promotional cards or something like that. Maybe it was even a box cover or something like that, a package, uh, something like that that had uh, the authentic or the, uh, it was the original Panther Piss. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pretty cool stuff. The question is, Josh, are you using that at work now? Did you look over at your your, your other guys? You know, hey, go get me a can of that Panther piss. <laughs> no, <'cause laughs> I'm, I'm, kind of they case. don't trust anybody else to work on anything out there. Uh, so I'm 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 the only I'm usually out there by myself. Uh, and I've I've got uh, like journal sort then. of stuff. There. Yeah, I got I got Croil. I've got PB Blaster. I've I've got a number of uh, penetrating fluids. If okay, you're well, the only one, they are hurting. Wendy, look a away. Lot. Avert your eyes. <laughs> I see it. I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are funny. We'll have to. We'll have to have this one in the show notes, Chris. Absolutely. Put this uh, this image of Red's pure old uh, panther piss uh, in the show notes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I think this is actually alcohol, guaranteed. Thirty six hours old. It's well aged. Yes, it's well aged. <laughs> Ah, this is great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) You got tech questions? Ah, boy, do I ever. We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! The Jeep Talk Show has been around in one form or another for over a decade, and this segment, Tech Talk, has been around for more than half that. Over all those years and all those episodes, rarely have I ever covered the same topic the same way twice. What's even more rare than that is having an open discussion on this segment. So, instead of me rambling or droning on for several minutes about one thing or another in gross technical detail, I thought it might be fun to bring in the other hosts into the discussion for a bit of a change on this one. Now, that being said, this won't be a free-for-all. I actually have a topic that I want to cover, and I think it's one that any and virtually every Jeeper will be familiar with in any number of ways. And that's where... That, and that is, where do you draw the line between cleaning, fixing, or repairing something and simply replacing it altogether? Because sometimes something like a carburetor on an old, older Jeep may just need to be cleaned. 
Or maybe it's a spark plug on a newer Jeep that just needs to be filed and regapped. Or would you just replace these components altogether? Maybe the transfer case or transmission is on its way out. Do you rebuild or replace? There's no right or wrong answer here, and these examples were just for the sake of having an analogy. But I'm curious as to where the line is drawn for different Jeepers, with different backgrounds, different Jeeps of course, and of course different levels of technical or mechanical aptitude. So with that, let's get into it. Now, Wendy, I know that uh, you're involved in the process, but I'm not sure exactly how much wrenching that you do on the Jeep. Um, and I, so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill does most of the actual wrenching and, and, and modifications or repairing of the Jeep. Am I right or am I uh, yes, overstepping that you, here? Yes, you would be correct. I, I'm there a little bit, but he does most of it, yes. So, when it comes to time to replace something... Um, or, or repair it. Do you guys generally have uh, some back and forth about that? You know, which way do we want to go? Do we want to try and get a few more miles out of this or do we just replace it all together? Is there a lot of that or does Bill just do whatever the hell he wants? No, there's a lot of discussion, <laughs> but mostly he can repair just about anything. So we're of the mindset of just fix it and not replace it unless it absolutely has to be replaced. Um, and unless it's like a totally bent frame or something that he would replace, but for the most part, he's going to try to re to refix something or make it better, depending on what we're doing. Do you do you have a, a recent example of of something where you guys were like, what, should we just fix this or should we swap it out altogether? Um, probably the radiator was one of the things that we actually had to finally replace. <laughs> Remember that whole story where that oh, yeah, sucker right. blew up. And yeah. then we got a and we got a replacement, you know, which was hard because you got to replace them when they have a hole in them. And that one had a leak. So now we've finally are. No, we, really? Yeah, we figured I, it all I, out. But yes, that. that's one of those that you just you say to yourself, this shouldn't be this hard. So there are some things that you do have to replace, like tires and brakes and stuff like that. You can't repair. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, turn yeah. signal bulb goes out. There's no fixing yeah. that. I mean, exactly. you got to replace so. it. I mean, there's there's definitely things that, you know, will always get replaced versus getting yes. fixed. Um, but, you know, there there are, I mean, I mean, how many Jeeps have we seen out on the trail where something's been Jimmy rigged together just to get the Jeep down the trail? Uh, Absolutely. You know, so I mean, it, it happens on almost every run. Uh, Chuck, you, I mean, you're you're probably very well versed on this topic, and and probably have all sorts yeah. of examples of of times where yes. it's like, well, I got to make the decision: do we repair this or do we replace it? Was there something recent that has happened on any one of you, maybe even Josh's Jeep or or your own, mm -hmm. uh, where you were kind of going back and forth as to which direction you want to go? Well, Josh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I don't have anything that's recent, but I am big on having parts Jeeps. And um, my wife kind of knew that when we started dating, you know, eons ago. And if I would buy, like when I bought my 74 CJ5, which would have been, oh, 17, 18 years ago, uh, I bought uh, another 74 CJ5. And it's just a parts Jeep. So s even simple things as brake components right so if you have drum brakes and you have your slave mm -hmm. cylinder the slave cylinder mm -hmm. really is just a mechanical thingy with cups at the end of it so when your slave cylinder starts leaking or starts going bad i would go to the parts jeep just yank the one out make sure that the cups are still good and then i would swap them out right because anything that's mechanical can be fixed really once right. you start getting deep into the mechanics of it so like you said an alternator i mean that's that's perfect like, I'm not going to go in there and rewind an alternator, right? That, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But a carburetor? Oh, you bet. I'll yank that sucker all the way apart, 
clean her out, get her all tuned up, yep. lubed up, put her all back together, and then it'll work. And I really think, like, we'll just take Josh, my, my son, who, you know, he put a whole motor in his in his Jeep. He wired the entire thing himself. He redid all of the brakes. He redid all of the gearing and the transmission transfer case. Okay, so he knows all the mechanical workings of his Jeep. So when we were at the second annual Jeep Talk Show event down in Hidden Falls, I would say down in Hidden Falls because I live in Kansas, and he was having fuel delivery issues, he knew, he says, Dad, I think there's something going on, and he ended up having uh, some really dirty fuel, and he was able to troubleshoot it out on the trail because he knows every nut and bolt on that thing. Yeah. So I am a huge proponent, huge, of if you can fix it, fix it. Just don't be one of those, I just buy parts and bolt it on. I, I'm not a big fan of that at all because it might be a very simple, simple fix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So very, very it, big on that. Is, do you do you kind of go through this process of like uh, cost benefit analysis type of thing? Is it like does 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 your time yeah. come in come into play at all? It's like I yeah. could spend you know uh, yep. I could spend you know two or three hours completely rebuilding this backing plate for for this one drum on this one Jeep. Or I could just replace the whole damn thing and be done with it. Well, has there ever been a time where it's like, yes, I could fix it, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to replace it. Kind of. Yes. So my value time is way more than my son's time, right? Because I I own a ranch. I own a business. So my time is worth more. Mm -hmm. However, his education is worth more than my time. So if I Uh can impart knowledge into him... Absolutely. I will waste my three or four hours knowing that I can go and just buy the thing and put it on there. But I would much rather have a knowledgeable four-wheeler out by my side with me than a kid that knows I can just go and spend $30 and and, re- and just mm-hmm. buy this widget. Yep. Right? So, so true. So, yeah. So, I mean, you take the Scrambler. Okay, the Scrambler, there's not a... I mean, it is still mechanical, but there is a plethora of computers and wiring and everything is digital you know i mean i've got a touch screen on my dash right i mean yeah. even john blasphemy hell about <laughs> yeah he, he he's like really chuck and i'm like ah whatever john you know when we were down at hidden falls you know i've got a touch screen on it well i don't know how to do that so like uh you just you touch it, on chuck. it a couple shows ago. yeah <laughs> yeah yes thank you uh, you touch on it. Uh, uh, that word, is that all you got it to? It sounds like yeah. it sounds I, like Chuck's first date. I, I, I yeah. see what's yeah. going on here. <laughs> yeah. Poor Chuck. So I I can't remap it, right? But, but I'm moving along, boys. Get your heads out of the gut. We're talking about yeah. Jeeps. Tons. Seriously, I'm go, go uh, ahead, Chuck. I'm listening. Thank you, Wendy. So when it comes to remapping my computer or reflashing my computer, I'm not going to do that. I don't know how. I'm just going to go down, let them take the thingy out of the deal, and they're going to do all of that, right? But that's my Jeep. I don't really need to teach myself more about that stuff. There's there's a limitation. I don't really care to, to know how to do that. But bringing up Josh, yeah, we're, we're going to... We've rebuilt starters. I mean, you, there's where the... Yeah. Where... Uh, you know, when you actuate the starter, you, know, you got your spring in there, and it's going to go up against the flywheel and blah, 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 while the spring gets mm-hmm. dirty on those jeeps, and they right. kind of get gummed up. You don't you're have to buy a starter. Yeah. No, they yeah, make rebuild for a lot of them. And you're going to rebuild it. Right. 
So, yes, it would have been a hell of a lot easier for us to go on kaiserwillies.com and buy one. Because it's good luck trying to buy a 1946, you know, starter from Napa or whatever yeah. the other stores are. So, Josh had to learn because Josh is running a 12-volt system and a 6-volt starter. So, he burned it out because he just kept cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking while a 6-volt starter can't handle that much juice. Yeah. So, we took that afternoon... And he was bummed out because he had just got his Jeep running. He flooded uh -huh. it, and then he couldn't get it going again because, of course, he's got manual, you know, manual choke, manual throttle. You know, he's trying to get it to run. Mm -hmm. And you use that as a learning experience. You go, okay, this is worth the time to teach this young man how to do this. Absolutely. If my starter goes out in the scrambler, I'm buying a new one because I'm, I'm not going to rebuild the thing. Who gives a shit? So that's yeah. kind of how I weigh it out. Interesting you take know. on that. I, I didn't really, as, as I was writing this, this segment up and, and thinking about it and how I was going to go through it, I honestly didn't think about your son uh, in, in, in my line of questioning that I was going to throw at you. Uh, and it really threw a nice twist on this uh, in the sense of, of you know, using those opportunities as learning experiences and, and educational moments uh, to, to impart another skill set on onto your son another generation of jeep skill set on your son so yeah really, i mean you really got to think he's fourth generation yeah no and and yeah. that handing down or passing down that information that knowledge uh and and and, and skill set really uh is is i mean honorable at the very least uh impressive uh, of course uh but uh but yeah i i just you kind of threw a curveball at me because I didn't, I wasn't thinking about, yeah, okay, well, his his son and he's a jeeper too. I, I just think that as as a separate person and not necessarily, uh, you know, a conjoined effort right there uh, in the sense of well, he could learn something from this, and so I'm going to do it a different way. Uh, and and oh, whereas, you know, like you were saying, oh yeah, if my my jeep, I'm just going to go ahead and and just swap that part out really quick. But if there's a a point where I might be able to teach Josh something here that he doesn't already know. Yeah. Well, by all means, you know, we're going to go ahead and go through this. Really cool on that, Chuck. Thanks. Yeah, we've even done that with neighbors, too. You know, I mean, we got lots of people out here with, with, with stuff. My my neighbor had a, a linkage issue with his Dana 300, and he says, hey, you know, where do I buy this? I said, you don't buy it. And I went over there, and we just kind of walked through it, and we, we fixed his issue that he had with, you know, very simple stuff. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's really the jeeping mentality, I think, is you don't just throw money at a jeep. If you're Correct. throwing money at your Jeep, you're doing it wrong. You exactly. have to learn the mechanical issues. You're not going to, I mean, maybe Bill down in Texas, he understands all the electronic stuff of it, right? I mean, he's got the mind for that, but I don't. But on the mechanical side, you don't just throw money at it. You fix it, you figure it out, and that will make you a better driver because yep. you're going to know all the noises, the pops, the clinks, the nuts, you know, all of these other kind of weird things that your Jeep is talking to you as you're wheeling, you're going to know, oh, that's my linkage. Oh, that's my brake deal. Oh, that's this right. bolt or that's that nut. You're yep. going to know it because you physically and intimately know it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tony, you've got four Jeeps at your house, or at least three, uh, if not four, you know, all different generations of, uh, of Jeeps as well. Um, now, you've, you've got daughters that drive Jeeps, you've got a wife that drives Jeep. Now, obviously, you're not going to go through a learning experience with them. Now, this is how you go ahead and, and swap it. No, so, you know, uh, with you, it might be a little bit more of a, we're just going to swap this out type of thing versus trying to rebuild it. 
but I'm kind of curious where where your line in the sand is. Is is you know if if is it a dollar figure? Is it a time investment type of thing? Is it? Um, I'm just kind of curious. At what point do you make that decision? Am I going to rebuild this, or am I going to swap it out, replace it? Is it a daily driver? If it's a daily driver, get something that is uh, uh, new and swap it out so that you can get the the most life out of it. Uh, is it a good idea to rebuild things? Absolutely, because you get an idea of how things work. And if you if you your Jeep gets old enough, uh, your best bet is uh, going to be rebuilding it because you may not be able to find complete uh, parts to replace. That's uh, a good point. So right now, no. Uh, I I mean, it would be very very unlikely that I would get anything that is um, that I would rebuild anything. I would just replace it now. I, I don't know what it's called, uh, but you know the uh, in the '98 uh, XJ, they still had a distributor-like thing. It's not an actual distributor, but it works similarly. And there's a little plate down at the bottom <clears throat> that is um, I don't know, like plastic welded uh, on uh, that uh, that spins, and it it, it has the little um, I think they called it a dizzy or something. The thing that transfers the spark uh, to the you're the, talking about the rotor. Well, the ninth, the, in 2000 is when they switched to the distributorless ignition. So yeah. 90, from 84 to 97, or I'm sorry, 84 to uh, to 99, all those Jeeps had a distributor, a right. cap rotor. But there's a, like a plate at the bottom. Does your 99 have Does your 99 have have a, a, a distributor, or does it just have the little? Oh, it has a distributor, and it okay. has what the plate you're thinking of is the camshaft uh, 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 camshaft sensor. No, it's not. It's, or it, crankshaft it's, it's part, sensor. It's well, the crank the crankshaft sensor. Uh, I'm sorry, the the camshaft sensor is in there, but this thing is actually part of the distributor without all the parts that you can replace. Well, the only so this thing, thing part this inside thing that, the distributor this thing that, is going to be the rotor, and that's what supplies the spark to each okay, one of Okay, well, I'm sorry you're fires. wrong, because I'm trying to explain to you this part that's part of the distributor is fastened to the, 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 the unit itself. And I don't know if it was just because of the age or because of the solid motor mounts or whatever, that piece actually separated from those little plastic pieces that weld it to the rest of the distributor. So it was flopping around. <laughs> it was still running, but it was still it was flopping around. And the uh, I bought another distributor to put in there, but never had to because what I did was I got some epoxy and epoxied that thing back in place in about... God, probably 20,000 miles ago. <laughs> and I haven't swapped out the distributor yet because it's been perfectly fine. But uh, there's like this three little pieces of plastic that come up through it that they've, you know, basically uh, uh, melted and, and affixed this thing in position. So it's like part of the main distributor, not a replaceable part. And uh, anyway, I, I epoxied oh, it. Wait a minute. I think I know what you're talking about. It's at the now. very bottom. You know, if you yeah, take the, the cap there's off. A metal, there's a metal plate that that mates with it. Yes. Well, it, I think it's plastic, but but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. I go because I, I, I had to partially rebuild mine. It was back when I had that no bus issue. Um, oh, really? I was, going, I was going through everything, and I thought... That it was the camshaft positions or the the crankshaft, whatever that damn the, sensor. The, yeah, is. the cam is the, the one in the distributor, right? Yeah. So um, I thought it was that, and so I I pulled my distributor out, pulled the distributor part and everything, and and went through all of that. And and I it's been a long time, um, but now that I'm sort of going through the the mental rolodex, I, I'm I vaguely remember going because there's 
you you have when you're resetting a distributor uh oh, i'm sorry you are right it is metal i'm seeing a picture of it right now i'm gonna throw this uh, in the show notes you have to align that plastic with to, to, to top dead center. There, there's there's something that it, with that plastic uh, plate. It's the pulse ring align with the, the, the distributor um, in order to get the distributor to match up with top dead center on on the Jeep when you are replacing a distributor yeah. in, in the engine. Four point so, alignment hole. I'm gonna put this in the in the show notes when we'll have this in the show notes for for our listeners so they can see it. They won't give a rat's ass, but at least they'll be right. able to see what I'm My looking Jeep at. Doesn't have a distributor. <laughs> I, 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 I you guys are talking old stuff. <laughs> but it's the pulse ring. I see it now. It's the pulse ring. It actually, the pulse ring separated from that plastic ring, and it's just all part of the of the distributor. And when that pulse ring separated, it was still spinning, and I'm surprised it didn't get all tore up in there, but it, it was still spinning and still running, but it had a, a bad miss, and I, oh, yeah. I epoxied that thing back in place uh, years ago now. Because I think that is what the camshaft uh, position sensor reads, is oh, I that think so too. ring. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, yeah. it's just a Hall effect sensor, essentially. And, and so it, it sees that. And when you said pulse ring, I was like, okay, yeah, that's how these things work together. So, yeah. That's it's been so long ago that I had to mess with it. But anyway, the point being is is that that was a repair that I did, but it was, a, it was really forced on me because I needed to take the, the Jeep to work the next day. And while looking at this, I wonder if I could oh. just glue that. And I yeah, did. I, I see. Okay. Yeah. Right. That doesn't necessarily have, it doesn't do the spark thing, but, but you're right. It, it does spin and yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't do the spark thing at all. It just, it, the, the cam position sensor reads that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, so the answer to the question is, uh, it depends. <laughs> the uh, short uh, answer. Okay, long yeah. way for a short answer. No, yeah. I, I yeah, like it. That was I like good. It. Well, well that we was have nice a we have fun talking about things that we've experienced here, guys. If you a didn't know this, that's memory lane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. It was really cute listening to you guys talk about grocery getters. That's kind of neat. Hey, your Jeep has a distributor too. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's all metal though. Which kind of was weird because uh, you'd think there would be a sparking issue there, a grounding issue when it's trying to run. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeeper, uh, next time we'll probably join, have you join in on this conversation, maybe on one of our Tuesday Roundtable episodes. Until then, if you have anything to add for this uh, segment or any other on the Jeep Talk Show, uh, by all means, reach out to us. You can go head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you will find out all the different ways that you can actually engage with each and every one of us here on the show. The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, hey, what's up? The Jeep Talk Show. This is Jake in Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Sexy, Jake Collin. This is John, I'm Free Runner in 1982, and on today's radio contact segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, Anal Growth Restraint System. No! No. That's not right. We love our listeners. So coming up later this week on Thursday, Josh. Thursday. 
<laughs> August 11th. Andy is give me a give me a read on this, Josh. Is that Auble? I'd go that way. Yeah. Yeah. Auble. Andy Auble of Glutred, glutred.com. And Chuck, if you don't know about glutred.com, you might want to check this out because they actually have a, a farm uh, tractor type uh, kits that they can that you can use to repair the sidewall on uh, your John Deere tractor tires. This sounds very interesting. I'm definitely going to listen. Uh, I'm probably going to have to buy one or two. Yep. This is yeah. pretty neat. Glutred.com. And, of course, they have them. They, they work for Jeeps, too. So if you uh, hey, take sidewall damage and you need to get back to camp or maybe even get back home, uh, but don't drive it on the road, uh, you can uh, repair the sidewall. And like I said uh, in a prior episode, not have to use all of your tire <laughs> all plugs for one application. Hey, and the best application of your time would be heading over to the Jeep Talk Show website and signing up for our newsletter. All you got to do is head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you will find a link to click and sign up for this awesome newsletter from the Jeep Talk Show. Don't worry, it's not spam. It actually comes from us, not a third party. We're not selling any information or anything like that. It's just a way to get what we're, hap- what we're doing here on the show out to you. Uh, some advanced notice as far as what we're doing here on the show what we're giving away, when we're doing it, who we're talking to and why, all that kind of stuff, as well as all the great information about how to join in on the fun, like becoming a part of our roundtable episodes that we record every Tuesday. So it's all happening in the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. Sign up for it today. You won't be disappointed. JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure you're doing your part to help the show grow by finding, friending, and following us wherever you can find the Jeep Talk Show on social media. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Sing a song of six pants, pocket full of rye, four and twenty blackbirds baked into a pie. Oh man, this, how many damn voices do you have in your head at one time? And do you get confused? <laughs> they only get confused. I, I keep a solid track. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Oh, I'm guessing since 2010.